Welcome back to the Horseman's Corner. I'm Howard Hale, host of the program. We're on segment three of today's show, and along with me, co-host Marty Martin. And Marty, why don't you introduce this next guest, one that I know a lot of people in Colorado will be familiar with. That, Howard. We're very fortunate to have Ann Swinker, uh, who at this time is at Pennsylvania State University. Back when I first met Ann, she was at Colorado State University and was the horse extension specialist. And I think, um, uh, well, I know she did an excellent job at Colorado State University and is probably doing, I'm sure, the same kind of work at at, uh, Penn State. Ann, are you there? Yep, I'm here. Thanks for the great introduction. And basically, um, here at Penn State University, I'm doing the same work I did at Colorado State. I'm the extension horse specialist here also. And thanks for the good compliments. Sincere. And uh, I'm very lucky that you made a video with me on it, and it was uh, an extension uh, video about horse ownership in Colorado. And we just stopped down there at Boulder. We were going to get some shots on the trail, talking about how you have to do and be prepared and follow safety regulations on the trail. And there was Marty giving some riding lessons. So we just put him in the interview. And actually, you're about half of the the videotape. Well, I'm flattered. once in a while just to kind of build up my ego again. <laughs> yeah, we were both saying we were a lot younger in those films than sure we are today. <laughs> hey, I don't know about this. We've got, uh, we're, Marty, we're talking to someone who moved out of Colorado, in beautiful Colorado, into into a humid, old, sticky area like Pennsylvania, and also had you in a video. Are we, are we should we be doing this interview? Well, I think so, and... and <laughs> Anne has moved back to her home ground. Oh, well, that makes a difference, Anne. We're okay. I grew up in Pennsylvania. Both my husband, Dan, and I are from the east, and um, it's been great to be back. Um, I'm in my 50s. My parents are both still alive and and living on the, the same property that they had that I grew up on, so it's great to be able to come back and spend the holidays with the family. And that is that would be a that would be a good deal. So okay, you're you're uh, forgiven for moving from Colorado. But we we have plans to move back west when we're finished with our careers here. <laughs> but, but we moved our herd of of uh, well, I have some horses and we have a herd of Hereford cattle that we brought from Colorado back to Pennsylvania. Actually, they originated in New Jersey and we took them out to Colorado. These are different cows now, but the same genetics. And we brought them all back here to Pennsylvania. Oh, that is so interesting. And you do you raise you have a cow herd, so you raise calves every year. Correct. Yeah, now, we, what I want would like to know is Back there in Pennsylvania, do they rope the calves and drag them to the fire like they do out here in the West? Oh, oh, some of the cowboys do. Um, I think they do it for sport, but we do a little more intensive pasture management here. Uh, They actually come when you call. (laughs) (laughs) Now, there's a real advantage to that, isn't there? And we have handling chutes and head chutes and, Uh and, um, yeah, we... 
we still occasionally saddle up a horse to go move the horses, but we're <laughs> we're doing some rotational grazing, and the cells are a little smaller. So by the time you saddle up your horse and go down there to get the, the you know the rides over, it's time to get off. <laughs> so it's a little easier to do it with a four wheeler. Yeah. Gosh, with that rotational grazing uh, and and the moisture you have in Pennsylvania, how much how much uh, does it take to run a cow and a calf in that area? Um, probably about like one and a half, maybe one acre. We have a lot more grass here. Isn't that incredible? What, what yeah, I think it have. might take one and a half sections here in Colorado. Right. In most of the West. And we'll probably run all oh, 30 cow-calf pairs on maybe four or five acres for a couple of days and then move them to another cell. Are these registered Herefords that you grow in? We use a lot of temporary fencing. Are these registered Herefords that you have? Uh, correct. Yes, they are. Gosh, where's your uh, pretty good market there in the east for those registered Hereford bulls and females? Um, actually, we um, have a couple of bulls that are with some studs, and we ship a lot of semen, or, or they were under contract with that. But um, we the do. Bulls or we, the stallions. Well, the the bulls. Uh-huh. <laughs> Actually, uh, we did breed a couple of mares this year, and we're, you know, kind of downsized with our horse operation. I only keep about seven, six or seven head. Uh-huh. But here at the university, we do have a full quarter horse herd. And well, you said that you have at there at Penn State, you have one of the largest registered quarter horse. In the country. At a university, right. correct. Um, at like here at Penn State, we keep anywhere from sixty to seventy head, and we have four AQHA stallions. Um, the foals that are born are here, used in projects and teaching the students, and we keep those horses until they're two years old and run them through a, tro- a colt training class. And then the students actually market and sell those quarter horses, um, you know, through an auction that, that they work on, a sale that they put together here on campus. So that's a sale similar to what they're doing at Colorado State University? Uh, correct, except they're horses that we bred here. Uh-huh. And, um, and the students will have them under saddle during our spring term. We have a cult training class. Um, we have a trainer by the name of Chris Grant and then a, an instructor, Brian Egan, that conduct that class. And then those students will take another course on marketing in which they'll sell the quarter horses. And we generally move them as two-year-olds. That's an interesting situation. You don't think of uh, Pennsylvania as being uh, horse country, but by gosh, sounds like you have a heck of a program there, Ann. We, yeah, we we hope we do. <laughs> We have an equine minor, not a major, in our animal science department. But Penn State's one of the larger universities um, at the main campus and, and the Commonwealth campuses. There's about 86,509 students enrolled this term. <laughs> That's a lot of kids. That's a lot of students. A lot of young, young people. Mm-hmm. That's roughly the population of where I live, western Nebraska. Okay. <laughs> As a matter of fact, it may be a little bit more than the population of western Nebraska. 
Although it's interesting, Penn State's in the center of the state, and really State College is a small town that, that goes with the university, but probably for like a 100-mile radius, um, that's the largest town around. And um, we're really the only thing in in the center of the state here in Center County. Really? Mm-hmm. So this is really a very rural area. Penn State, don't you? Right. We have um, four quarter horse stallions that we mm-hmm. stand. And talk about the uh, extension program there that you're involved with in the state of Pennsylvania, will you? Um, I'm responsible for the um, adult programming, like the producers, boarding stable managers. And we do a lot of um, educational programming. We just finished one two months ago for um, the Professional Farriers Association. We worked with the Pennsylvania Professional Farriers Association and had a session on laminitis and chewing. Um, this weekend coming up with the Pennsylvania Equine Council, we're doing um, an equine issues forum, and actually we're focusing on the National Animal Identification System. That's the microchipping of your horse or registering your premise ID, and also like talking about emerging diseases, like an update like on pyroplasmosis and some of the other diseases that we're having these outbreaks about. Um, We have some professionals coming in from USDA, from the Glock Center in Kentucky, from the Jockey Club in Lexington, and American Horse Council folks from Washington, D.C. that'll be helping our Horse Council and their district people and veterinarians in the area and the racetrack folks understand those issues and and that that event will be at the Penn National Race Track in Grantville that's down by Harrisburg, Pennsylvania on Friday and Saturday the 21st, 22nd. When you talk about a race track, uh uh harness racing or uh or regular flat racing, what is it? Actually, we have both here in Pennsylvania. And the harness racing horse or standard bred horses, probably Pennsylvania is one of the largest states in numbers of breeding operations. Um, probably one of the largest farms in the world, Hanover Shoe Farm, is located here in Pennsylvania. Well, Marty, that wouldn't be a deal for you and me at our weight. Uh, we wouldn't be very good in those. We wouldn't be very good in those uh, uh, surreys or whatever they use to get to uh, uh, to race in. I don't think it would, would it? Well, if you could drive a horse, they're pretty easy. <laughs> you can do it. Um, we have several um, thoroughbred racetracks here, too, and Pennsylvania recently in the last year or so um, has the, you know incorporated the slot machines at the racetracks, and that has really increased the number of thoroughbred farms that we have here in Pennsylvania, so that's really increased. We're you know, going to have to do another economic impact survey to figure those numbers out here shortly. And, Marty, let's take a break, but we'll be back with more from Ann Swinker in just a moment. You're listening to the Horseman's Corner. Battles and bits, two of the most important pieces of equipment the horse owner needs. This is Roger Allgaier from Brighton Feed and Saddlery reminding you that saddles and bits are just that important to us. The snaffles and bridle bits we carry are more than just pretty. 
Our bits are balanced, made from the right type of sweet iron, and suited to your riding discipline and stage of training. Our bit makers include such craftsmen as Darnell, Balding, Burnett, Rainsman, Slicer, Vote, Dutton, Watt, and Gist. For the entry-level rider, we also carry a fine line of lesser-priced import bits. With the popularity of the working cow horse and ranch horse events, the demand for saddles for those events has increased. We carry ranch versatility saddles built by McCall, Bob's Custom, and Sulphur River. Great for cutting, team pinning, reining, and taking a cow down the fence. They also work in the pasture or branding pen. You can depend on Brighton Feed and Saddlery for quality, selection, and service. Call us from anywhere at 800-237-0721 or see us on the web at brightonsaddlery.com.